I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. And welcome to the Smash Except Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. I didn't even say it was episode 98 because we're so close to 100. I skipped over it. But guys, I am excited for tonight. You know, we're going to talk about some camp news. I mean, everybody, Twitter is just crazy right now with reactions, overreactions. People just want football so bad that we're just crazy invested into what's going on at camp right now. You know, and it's sometimes it's hard to, to fade the noise. You know, you got these guys that... You loved in the process. Now all of a sudden they're they're blowing up in camp and and vice versa. I mean, there's a lot of times we can really create some value here, guys. I know it's been a uh, we were talking backstage. It almost feels like you know Thursday, Friday already because it's been a long week. You know, in the these dog days of August. But Adam, welcome back to the show. You know, I know work's been crazy, but I'm excited to chop it up here a little bit tonight. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I'm R underscore Adam Armour and on Twitter and uh, happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. A lot of news coming through, suspension and a little more clarity. So happy to hop into it and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, Mung, you know, just a, a staple of this. We talk about a lot of things in Dynasty are, are cyclical. And this is another one, right? We talk about rookie drafts. We talk about rookie fever. Now we talk about camp hype. And, you know, people get excited about camp because they want their guys to exceed. And they really want to double down. And sometimes they're just overpaying this time of year. So it's a crazy time of year. What's going on with you? And and so excited tonight to just kind of hash this whole thing out. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's hard not to get excited, right? And we should be excited because it means that football's around the corner and there is meaningful knowledge to kind of glean from some of these highlight videos or who's getting more and more reps with the first team versus vice versa. And it's really just making sure we don't overreact, but we should be reacting. I think there's a very fine line between the two. And, you know, this time of the season, or I should say of the preseason in between camp and the actual preseason games, I think there's a lot of fluctuation and value. And this is where you can kind of take advantage of figuring out what you think really is, you know, signs of a breakout coming versus what you think is just a hype video and buy or sell players based on that. I know that I just updated my redraft rankings. Uh, I'm working on updating my dynasty rankings right now. Uh, you know, you guys can always find those. I'll post them on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. But yeah, a, a lot of movement going on right now. Yeah, and we're always always excited for this time of year. We're excited for for uh, DraftKits.co. You know, I got my draft board behind me. Uh, it's almost that time for your live draft, you know. And if you guys head over to DraftKits.co, that's .co, you put in code SMASH, you get 10% off. Guys, this is this is the time. You know, you get that in there. You, get, you start organizing all the snacks. You start getting your draft boards together. You plan it all out. Live drafts are the most fun thing out there. So, guys, make sure you guys go over there. Again, DraftKits.co. Dot co. We were talking about this hype. You know, we're talking about things that happened and no bigger impact this week than obviously Deshaun Watson getting the six game suspension. You know, there were a lot of people that worried it might be longer and try to figure out where things are at. 
Uh, Adam, I know you cashed in big time, you know, based off this news recently, and I want to hash it out here a little bit. You know, I'm going to talk about what kind of ramifications we have, and I was excited for the deal that you got done. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, looking at the Watson news, you know, personal feelings on, 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 you know, aside, you know, I think we're all here to to win our dynasty leagues, right? I think that's the top thing, but I definitely don't, uh, you know, blame anybody for their personal feelings because, you know, we all have them, you know, whether if it's religious, whether, if it's, you know, whatever it is, right? So um, just wanted to kind of, you know, state that, you know, regardless of my personal opinions, I'm trying to win my leagues, but sometimes it gets in the way, right? So I just wanted to acknowledge yeah, that with the that's situation. Some, that's something that I've really tried to, we talk about it a lot about player profiles, right? I was buying Tyreek Hill everywhere when the news happened of what, what he was doing several years ago, you know, the potential child abuse and things like that. I mean, I got him for a late second round pick. Once I got him for two third round picks because people, they were going to toss him out of the league. We have to look at it as a profile. We have to look at things like that way where we have to yep. put it aside. You know, some people, I, I've had some criticism in my DMs where they're like, Dad, I, you know, I know you're a family man. I can't believe, you know, you would be someone that says go buy Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is not where we're at in, in morals saying that we're ever condoning what these guys are doing. We're talking about we're trying to put points together on a weekly basis. And Deshaun Watson is someone that is going to do that for your, your dynasty team. So I thought that was very well said on your point. And again, it's not something where we're not, we're not trying to say, hey, we like this guy in general. We're just saying this is a player. This is a profile. And this is what we're trying to get. And I think you got a fantastic player here in this deal. Yeah. So, so my thinking here was, um, you know, I had pretty good running back depth and, um, you know, Mac Jones is my quarterback too. I also had Goff, right. So certainly, you know, um, through the suspension, I can rock with Goff. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and then I also, you know, also know that I'm a big Barkley fan. I believe Mung, tell me if I'm wrong, you're, you're also high on him this year. Um, so I thought what I could do is effectively trade down from Harris and try to trade up from, from Mac Jones, effectively, the trade was uh, Harris Jones and uh, Devontae Parker for Barkley and Watson, and I just sent it out. Um, you know, one thing I will say to the listeners is, make you know, right now with the news that he's getting a six-week suspension, now it could be, um, you know, it could you know the NFL could uh, try to, to try to change that. Right? They have I think two more days or one more I can't remember one or two more days to to uh, put in, uh, just, you know, to see if they can get more, but. I think effectively, you know, trying to get that upside because you're talking about a top five quarterback, uh, you know, for that. And, and at the cost of, of Najee to trade down for Barkley, I, you know, I thought it was a good idea. And you know, I was pleasantly surprised he accepted, but <laughs> yeah, I was very excited for that deal. And, and any type of, you know, value to get him, regardless of QB1, QB2, I think is, just, you know, a, a great uh, buying opportunity while it's still fresh in people's minds. And this is the type of trade, Mung, that we talk about a lot. And I've really been saying to people is like, they talk about doing a one for one, you know, and they try to do this. I was like, sometimes I try to take that trade from a one for one into a two for two, kind of like you did here, where it was like, you know, I'm going to go get a quarterback who I prefer, who in, in actuality, some people might not think is a crazy win, and then get a running back who I feel like in Saquon Barkley, who could put up similar type numbers to Najee Harris, where you have a chance to win twice based off of that mentality, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're dropping down in most people's perception from Najee Harris to Saquon Barkley, and then moving up from Mac Jones to Deshaun Watson, where in actuality, in a year from now, that could be almost two wins, you know? I mean, I love Najee Harris, but you get yourself in a situation where you have a top five to eight quarterback, and you have a running back who, you know, is, is primed. I mean, we're talking about camp news. I mean, 
primed for an absolute breakout back to where he was that rookie season, Mung. You know, th- this was a fun trade for me. Yeah, and, and to echo you guys, you know, we've had comments where we simply, you know, some simply don't want to roster Deshaun Watson, right? And that's perfectly fine if that's your personal beliefs. Um, but from a pure value standpoint, I mean, he has been a value for quite some time. Uh, I've voiced on the show before that just because of how the NFL treats these situations, how the NFL prioritizes their bottom line overall else, I did not ever think that he was going to get an indefinite suspension. Um, We'll see whether they decide to appeal. I'm not sure that they will. But whatever happens, I do think that as soon as Deshaun Watson steps on the field, he is a top 10 talent at the position in real life and also a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, particularly dynasty. So, you know, take that however you will, whether you're buying, selling, or holding Watson. But, uh, yeah, certainly I think the time to buy has definitely passed at this point. And, I mean, I had a a listener just message me literally like five minutes ago. He's like, hey, where are you taking Watson here? You know, it's like this is an area he's like, I got Mac Jones is on the board, Trevor Lawrence. And we're talking redraft. I'm like, get Watson. Like, seriously, draft Deshaun Watson and and get a Matt Ryan late in the draft to fill yourself a need for six weeks. You know, like Deshaun Watson, when he comes back, like Monk said, is going to be a top eight to ten quarterback. I got a couple trades here I want to pitch off you guys that I thought were, you know, they just happened. It's fresh off the books. You know, and, and Deshaun Watson, we know, a lot of people, like you said, Mung, they don't want him on their roster. So now is a time where you can cash in and you can send some trade offers and you know they're going to be like, oh, wow, now they're talking about it's a six-game suspension. I can kind of get out of this. Where for the last month, it's been wait and see. You haven't seen a lot of Deshaun Watson trades. So the first one was sent in from Tier Red, E-D-D-D. That's, his name's Brian. This is a 10-team super flex. We're looking at Deshaun Watson, Jamison Williams, and Rashad Penny on side one, side two, Trey Lance and Travis Etienne. Twitter has this one surprisingly very close. Uh, Mung, since this is Trey Lance, I'm going to let you go first. But again, it's Deshaun Watson and Jamison Williams. So they, this this trade, they are literally tugging at your heartstrings. It's all your guys. So Deshaun Watson, Jamison Williams, and Rashad Penny, or Trey Lance and Travis Etienne. Well, I don't think Penny factors in a whole lot considering the other four pieces involved in this deal. Uh, And on the whole, I think it's very fair overall because I do value Lance and Watson similarly. Um, And then Williams, I think, has immense upside, as does ETN, both unproven. So this really comes down to personal preference. And when it's this close, I I would rather not roster Watson, uh, both for moral reasons and for just the potential off-field risk of future incidents. So uh, this is Lance and uh, ETN for me pretty easily here. Adam, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, it's 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 an even deal. I mean, I, the kind of way I look at this is that, uh, you know, you're definitely at kind of a win now, the Lance, ETN, you know, you're trying to get win now pieces that are good and young, right? Williams is going to have the ACL. Watson's going to have the six-week suspension. Uh, and then, you know, Penny, I agree. Uh, you know, fail. He probably whoever's getting the Deshaun side is probably going to flip Penny. Uh, be my guess here, uh, but value wise, it's pretty even. Uh, I too lean uh, Lance side, but I, I'm a huge Jamison Williams fan, and of course, I just traded for Watson, so it, it, I, I agree with Mung. It's really personal preference, but I lean the, the Lance side. Yeah, I mean, the way that I'm considering the Watson Williams side would be in a year one punt because you're going to have a situation there where you're going to, you know, 
be be back there. But for me, Trey Lance and Travis Etienne is a smash except. I mean, I think Etienne's value is considerably higher than Jamison Williams, and Trey Lance is still higher than Watson. You know, it's going to catch back up, but I feel like that one there. Twitter had it 57-42 on the Lance side, so a little bit closer than what I was thinking is exactly was, was what I was trying to show there. Another trade here I thought was really cool from at, the, at Build the Dynasty, Mason Dodd. Team A, Deshaun Watson and a 23 first, just as random 23 first. Team B, Justin Herbert. So Adam, I mean, this is an interesting trade to me because Justin Herbert is that centerpiece that we're talking about. And, and I've been advocating quite a bit moving off of Mahomes or Herbert and moving back in a similar trade like this to Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Is Deshaun Watson enough, you know, given the, the little bit of risk there, to add a 23 first and then you get into next year, and let's say that's 106. Now all of a sudden you you pair them up and you add you know Smith and Jigba and Deshaun Watson, and next year this looks like a fantastic trade. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think um, you know I think this is the same kind of deal, like where, where you're doing the one year punt, right? Or you're trying to to act, you know trying to get the insulation out of the Herbert deal. I think it would be enough for me to move off Herbert. But I totally get again, you know, it's, you know, it was sick because he can even, you know, try to flip Watson to midseason because you have that option if you're in a one year punt or you can just hold for a QB one next year when you're trying to to win it all. Um, the only the only you know part of this, you know, I don't think on there that it said uh, what the pick is projecting to be. Um, no, it's just mid- random. Random. Okay. So random. We, I'm, I'm, we keep talking about that so much. Right. And I know John and I talk about it all the time on the phone. It's like. You got to get them crystal balls out. You got to get that crystal ball and just yeah. predict where that's at because if that's late, you lose. If yeah, that's late, mid, yeah. not bad. If that's early, I think it's a potential win. Exactly, and that's kind. Of, I was about to say is you know based on we don't we don't have a crystal ball, but I think you can see what's what's likely to happen, right? And then with that, um, I think the where you project the pick is kind of where I'm kind of leaning toward the trade. But if assuming it's a random mid, then I you know I'm okay with it. Adam, I mean, I just saw, you know, a big friend of the show, Jordan McNamara, put Deshaun Watson now is over Joe Burrow in my dynasty rankings. I think most people are still going to be a big fan of Burrow. Let's call this Joe Burrow or Deshaun Watson in a 23 first now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll smash the Watson there. I think uh, Burrow's been a sell high for me, the, even though I love him. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I just think from a valuation perspective, uh, you can, you, you know, the insulation of the pick. Watson's only going to, you know, he's already going up in value in the short term here, but especially when he comes back, I think that's a smash. I mean, Mung, we've, we've talked about it before, and Deshaun Watson is a top five dynasty quarterback when he gets steps back on that field. You know about those 23 firsts. Are you making this trade? Yeah, I think both of those deals are pretty easy smashes for Watson in the 2023 firsts. Right now, I've got Herbert's at QB3, QB4 in that top five or six tier. And I've got Watson at QB8, so not a huge gap between them. And then I actually have Burrow at QB9 right behind Watson. So to get a free 2023 first on top, if we're talking Burrow here, um, I I think Watson, we haven't seen him on the field for, what, two years. So I think a lot of people have just forgotten how good he is when he is playing. And, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, all of these quarterbacks are valued pretty evenly. So I view it as a, as a free 2023 first, essentially, in both of these deals. 
Yeah, I mean, the last time he was on on the field, he was a top five quarterback, you know, and and he, he produced in a bottom barrel offense and was really able to put things up. Um, we had to get that out of the way, you know. That was the thing there where we, it's the perfect time to make an insulated trade to try to pick up Deshaun Watson if that's somebody that you are are interested in. Let's talk about rookie hype right now. I mean, the rookie hype is is on fire. You know, we talked about first off, I rarely have any. 22 picks this year you know the 22 class I love Brees Hall and then I was just pushing myself into 2023 uh the one wide receiver that I was picking up in the second round actually two and both of them are kind of popping off but no one has more camp buzz right now than George Pickens I mean I'm looking at Chase Claypool put at uh that he thinks he's going to be the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL this year. There's a lot of analysts out there that are really waving the flag saying, oh, yeah, Pickens has been my guy. I mean, he's the guy that's going to going to bang here. They've already talked about Chase Claypool is going to play in the slot, so he is going to be on the outside. George Pickens, if he didn't have the injury coming out of college, I think would have been you know a potential first-round pick here. I am excited about George Pickens, but what I've been talking to everybody is – I've been seeing in the Smash Patreon again, guys. Twelve dollars a year, you got to hit it up. But anyways, uh, I've been seeing people say, "Hey, you know, I was thinking about trading my twenty-three first for George Pickens," and I'm thinking to myself, "Guys, this is the ultimate definition of just taking camp buzz and, and not listening to what we've done for the last six months." George Pickens looks to be fantastic. I think he is going to have, you know, an interesting situation where if Deontay Johnson doesn't sign, maybe he becomes that wide receiver one. The camp has looked fantastic. The catches that he's making are phenomenal. You know, he's had a great camp. But we've said it from the word go. The 23 class is going to be a class that is absolutely special. And if you trade a 23 first for a guy that is drafted, you know, 112 to 202, 203 range this year, I feel like that's something that might feel good for a little bit, but you're absolutely going to regret that, you know, and I would say that with, with anybody in that camp buzz area, you know, we have Alave at 107, James Cook, 108, Sky Moore, Pickens, Dotson, another guy that I love, Watson. If anybody comes crawling with a 23 first for one of those guys, I think, you know, you got to at least continue, continue to think that class is going to be special. I'm, I'm really going to hedge my bets. Mung, is this a chance of, of like, Hey, there's a lot of buzz. Should I sell this guy or is it wait and see? I mean, I think this is a, a time in camp where you can really execute some trades that are going to set you up for the future. Well, it really depends with Pickens. And, and I've moved him up significantly in my rankings today um, when I was working on my dynasty rankings uh, for the fact that you said, right? I mean, one of the issues that I had with him coming out was we just didn't know uh, how ready he was going to be year one coming off of the injury. Um, maybe he would have been a first round pick had he not suffered it. We'll never know. But seeing what we've seen in camp already, I think that the talent is clearly there. And you have to remember, there's a non-zero chance that Deontay Johnson's holding in. Uh, Chase Claypool, it looks like re-injured his shoulder over the last couple of days. So there is a slim but non-zero chance that Pickens could lead the Steelers in targets this year. So if you're talking between Pickens and a 2023 first, you know, given the strength of that class, and we've talked about it, especially in Superflex, I'm definitely still taking that first. But, you know, at the price of a second at this point, I think I would rather hold Pickens because even if he doesn't reach that ceiling, 
I think the hype is going to steadily grow on him and, and a lot of these other rookie wide receivers over the next couple of weeks. So yes, sell high depending on the price, but at the same time, I, I think there's still room uh, in the market for their values to grow. I agree with a lot of that. I mean, I think I think George Pickens. The mo- I've moved him up my rankings. He has wide receiver one size, athleticism, college production. I, he looks like a guy that really could boom. But Adam, this is a scenario where he tore his ACL in in March of 2021, reconstructive surgery in April. So it's been a little over a year. He shows that flash. But one thing we talk about all the time, we talked about profiles. Now I'm trying to take the emotion out of it and say, Adam, we have talked about these coveted 2023 ones, and we have talked about how special that is. We've even talked about the twos. I'm willing to pay a second plus for Pickens, I'm, you know, and and move a, a veteran, maybe an Adam Thielen type, to a guy who feels like you know he's going to be someone who's going to contend so you kind of push some dead weight you push a, a Tyler Lockett you push someone like that I, I love the prospect of Pickens he I liked him in the draft process he was going a little bit late you know past guys like Christian Watson I think we're in an interesting spot where it's like principle versus what you see with the eye test yeah absolutely you know the other th- you know so if you're uh, I will agree with the second right second and a piece depending on what with the projected second looks like, uh, you know, it's great. You know, I think you all, you both had great points on the prospect himself, the upside. I think that's with, you know, without saying, I just want to add additional word of caution with, with the 23 firsts and just comparing the insulation and upside values. So just, you know, thinking of it from a startup next year, right. When you're talking about the 23 class, you know, depending on where that pick is, you know, certainly I'm thinking, you know, second to a fourth in a startup, that's the guaranteed upside you're getting with the pick versus a pickens to get to even the lower end of that. You're talking about him having, you know, basically of the lower end of the probability scale for his upside. So for me, that's where it's kind of, you know, back to that second and a piece. I'm, I'm totally fine with that value, but just be cautious, uh, for, you know, folks that are excited about these guys. Don't overpay, and that's something we stress all, all, you know, all the time on the pod is just to make sure that you know go for these young talents with the upside, but make sure you're not overpaying for them. So I just wanted to add that the word of caution on the first. No, I, I like that a lot. You know, kick the tires a little bit because Joshua Acton, he's in our, I co-manage a team with him. He sent this to me today. He's like. Buddy, I didn't even send this to you to for any kind of approval. A guy offered me George Pickens for Jacoby Brissett and Hassan Haskins, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> yes, no, you don't even don't even need to send those. Uh, Adam, you and I are co-managing a team, and I gotta say, and I know you're doing that with with another owner in another league. I think if you guys don't do that, in what you guys should try it in one of your dynasty leagues. I think I get a lot of people asking about it. I think. It allows you to challenge the other person. You know, this is one of those situations where it's like you only know your friend well enough and then you become roommates and you either don't like them or you absolutely love them. But, I mean, it's been working really well for you and I. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about that because I know you're doing that with another owner and I'm doing it with Josh. And I kind of like it because it makes you – they're like, hey, what about this deal? I was like, dude, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like it, it presents a scenario where you just get to, in my opinion, become a better dynasty owner. Yeah, you just get, I mean, the the main, the two benefits in my mind is one is you can um, just get different angles to your point and also opportunities to think through trades. So it's almost like a, you know, 
you know, the argument of, uh, you know, getting as much, you know, art like in, in companies, right. And, you know, leadership, right. Trying to get different types of views so that you can hash out to find the best conclusion. So that's number one. And then second is more scalability, right. we all have a ton of leagues, right. So if you can get some, you know, some guys to kind of look through, you know, what you're not thinking through, or maybe not looking as, as, as uh, consistently through, you can tend to find more opportunities. So I think you tend to get better outcomes when you have more opportunities, more at bats, but you tend to hit on them more. I like it. I like it. So the one thing that I want to talk about here, and, and I think this is interesting because I have continuously said the 23 class is going to be very similar to the 2020 class, right? I mean, I think we are. We have so many guys. There are 11 guys in the top 50 from that class in our current ADP, and a lot of people feel like this could be the same way. We're we're looking at right now. Let's say this is 2019, you know, and we had we had some nice players in there. We had you know we had Josh Jacobs and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and, and you know David Montgomery and but then we had some flops too, right? And there was some hype around some of these other guys like Nikhil Harry. I mean, there were some some hype around a guy like Kelvin Harmon. There was a lot of guys that were really starting to, you know, and there's there's better examples of that. But in twenty nineteen we had some camp buzz, right? And I'm sure there are people that honestly traded a twenty twenty first for Nikhil Harry because they're like, oh he's gonna hit. You know, and, and we were talking about that in 2020. Now we're talking about it for 2023. And we're in a situation, I think, very similar where if you ended up trading that pick in that scenario, you regretted it then. And I think you're going to regret it now. Uh, you know, let's talk about a couple more of these guys because I think <laughs> let's transition to Sky Moore. I mean, I think Sky Moore is having a fantastic camp as well. He's really flashed. I understand he kind of he, he limped off with a little bit of injury here. Mung, I know he's got to be another guy that, that has been jumping up the boards because we talked about how, you know, well, Sky Moore could be that guy in 2023. If he's healthy, the way he's looked at camp, he could be the guy in 2022. Yeah, Moore's another one who, you know, like I said with Pickens, I wouldn't be shocked if he led the Steelers uh, wide receivers in targets and receptions. It wouldn't shock me either if Sky Moore led uh, the Chiefs wide receivers in receptions and targets this year. But it's important to remember that, you know, as much as you like a player, and I like Moore quite a bit, I have a lot of shares of him in best ball drafts. I've been taking him pretty frequently at his ADP. I, I like him a lot in redraft as well. But at the same time, I, I think the presence of Travis Kelsey restricts, you know, the ceiling outcomes for either Juju or Sky. Um, and at the same time, even if Sky Moore does overtake Juju in terms of targets, receptions, yards, everything this year, I don't think it's going to be by a significant margin, right? I, I don't think this Chiefs offense is going to look like what it did when it was Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, where those two took up, you know, half of the half of the target share, basically. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more spread out. And it's, again, when you're looking at the range of outcomes for Sky Moore, I don't quite see that top five ceiling that we saw with um, Tyree Kill when he was there, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think the more... Uh, likely ceiling for more would be a top 15-ish finish. So again, when you're comparing him against some of the elite talents that are coming out in the 2023 class, I'm, I'm still taking that 2023 first. But, uh, you know, again, it's kind of just managing the excitement because there are reasons to be excited for him um, and for Patrick Mahomes, who I think could retake or re-overtake Josh Allen 
uh, for the 101 and Superflex, depending on how this season goes. But yeah, I, I think it's just you know understanding the range of outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Sky Moore, which it, it does look like it's a quad strain, so it's nothing crazy. Again, same kind of principle is if I drafted a guy at 109, and I we've been saying like anything after 104 for a 23 first is is actually a pretty good value. Sometimes you draft a guy and you love that guy, right, Adam? You, you just get excited, like, oh, dude, I drafted Sky Moore. He's gonna be that guy. And then we talk about the same kind of thing, like moving on in principle. I want to talk about two trades here that were sent in uh, for Sky Moore. And I think the first one is sent in from Berto. That's at Berto5 underscore. He said in a 12-team Superflex, he has Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, and Justin Fields already. Great job. And he traded away to a tag of Iloa for uh, Darnell Mooney and Sky Moore. So he's in a situation where... He's in a great situation to have four quarterbacks like that. Talk to me a little bit. We're talking 12-team. He ends up trading to get Darnell Mooney, who has looked great in camp, and is going to clearly be Justin Fields, number one, and then Sky Moore in a spot where he had a a quarterback to move. Yeah, I, I, I like – I mean, value-wise, I, I totally see it. Um, I would say I'm, I'm less of a Mooney guy than, than market, so just my personal feelings kind of sway it. Plus, uh, we, we heard last week about uh, the love for Tua. So, <laughs> so well, but, you got to take you got to take Jacob's love for Tua, right? <laughs> and then and then my love for Tua, and then the rest of the work market for Tua is down here. You know what I mean? You start right. up high, come right. down a little bit, and then you know try to yeah. try to gauge where you're at. And yeah. we talk about it a lot of like we're we're in a situation where we have multiple quarterbacks like that, and sometimes you know we we play keep trade and cut. And we always want to keep the best guy, but sometimes it's that guy that has the most value is that person to move in those situations too. Exactly. I think, you know, for me, um, I don't mind the trade, um, you know, but for kind of to to Mung's point, right, we're talking about the upside for those two players. I mean, I think they're going to be solid wide receiver twos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's their upside. And they're going to have enough volume to to have good floors. I just I just question their ceilings. So, kind of to your point, I think trying to, um, you know, not that I dislike the value. If you like your guys, go get them. Uh, but for me, I, I'd like the two aside still because I think we can try to get um, some more upside, whether if it's with a pick uh, or trying to find other other assets within a different tier. Or to your point, you know, what was the third? So he had um, two. Fields, he had Watson, Lawrence. Fields. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so for they're me, all kind of the same. That's why I was like, yeah. if Trey Lance is in there, if if uh, you know Lamar or Kyler are in there, like then we're in Burrow. a situation where yeah. yeah, Burrow. Yeah, that's the we keep picking on Burrow. So I was trying to give him a give him a pass <laughs> there, Adam. But I, I mean, I love this trade for the podcast because one, we talked about Deshaun Watson. You know, two, you know, we just talked about Sky Moore. Three, Tua Tagovailoa is a guy that I think will be a top 10 quarterback this year i mean i think this is this offense miami has been slept on we've kind of passed up on on tyree kill and dynasty where i bought him for a late 23 first the other day you know and i think there's tyree kill is not done you know just because he doesn't have patrick mahomes he's still a fantastic wide receiver i think jalen waddle is someone where i think he should be someone you're at least going out there and and making some offers for because I think this Miami offense is going to click. Chase Edmonds, who I've been a little bit low on, I've been seeing going for second-round picks, and I'm okay with that too. Like I just want some pieces in this offense. Mung, I think 
you know, I think you'll agree some of your guys are starting to move up the board because the Miami camp seems to be hot, not just the temperature. I, yeah, I understand the rationale behind this trade because of the quarterback depth that he has. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of it because, you know, I'm not quite as high on two as Jacob, but I think the upside case is there, right? I mean, if, if everything comes together perfectly, then Tua could be an MVP candidate this year. And I don't see, uh, you know, we just talked about Sky Moore. I, I don't see, like, elite ceiling there. Um, and same with Darnell Mooney. When you look at his splits last year, uh, he was not as productive with Fields as he was with Dalton. Mm. Um, I think there's a little bit of concern there. I don't value Mooney as a first-round rookie pick. I know a lot of people do. So I, I don't hate the value. I, I think it was okay if you're valuing you know, Sky Moore as a, let's say, mid-2022 first, and then Mooney as an early second. Uh, that That's probably about right for Tua, but I, I just don't think that this trade is going to look great a year from now. Um, so personally, I prefer the Tua side still. Yeah, so temporarily yeah. We'd, we'd all suggest holding on there. Uh, Fantasy Nerd Boy said he has a Sky Moore for Wandale Robinson, another guy who just, if there is a breakout candidate you know people love tony but camp seems to be saying and i know i was lower on wandale robinson than pretty much anyone but i mean he seems to be blowing up at camp so the trade he has here is sky Moore for wandale robinson and a 23 second it says late 23 second uh so this is an interesting one as well because i think you have sky Moore who's going in that late first round wandale robinson who's going the mid second and the 23 second which seems late i'm gonna gravitate towards the winning principle the offense that's probably going to pop a lot more in in kc clearly i think sky Moore is a good value here but this brings up an interesting principle because ian you know who's you know, at super skull fan great guy that was been on the pod several times uh, you know love him in the smash except family he asked me today he goes mike i gotta know like i have i have Kadarius tony and someone offered me Wandale Robinson and a mid second. And I, I'm like, ooh, I like, I love Tony. Tony's worth two seconds, but this might be a time where you insulate that value in that camp, right? We don't know who that guy is going to be. If I can get someone who's in that same area and get a 23 second added on, Adam, I mean, it is the Giants. Someone's probably going to get it done. Tony has looked good, Robinson has looked good at camp. But in my mind, if it's the Giants and we don't know because it's the Giants, I'm taking the side with the pick. Exactly. And I was going to say, uh, and I'm, I've, I've definitely been uh, higher on market on both these wide receivers in the offseason. Just their upside potential at their costs are just, it's just a no-brainer for me. But with that all said, to your point, Dad, you know, it's, that's, the, that's the coin phrase of insulated trades, right? If you can get a guy in a similar tier and get a pick over it, you're guaranteeing the insulation and potential upside depending on the pick, right? So I think at any, regardless of the situation, if you can do that, it's a smash because you're reducing risk while also getting guaranteed upside. So I think that's just more of a philosophical thing that even though I love Robinson and Tony myself, like I've been buying all off season, um, you have to go with that, uh, that trade. And then the, the trade for Sky Moore, similarly that was posted that you mentioned, uh, love that deal, uh, for uh, Sky Moore for the same, you know, same reason, even though you're giving up a pick, you're talking about, um, you know, go, moving up a tier. And that's where the, for me, it's a difference, right? If you're going within the tier, then that's where I'm going to go the smash and the pick side. But if you're going to go up a tier, 
as long as the values there make sense. And then the only other thing I want to go back to the two uh, part is just like, I would rather go and do like a waddle trade Tua for waddle type of trade for that. So I just wanted to add that as well. Yeah, no, I agree there. The other thing to add with Ian's trade is it was a super flex 10 team. So there you're like, now that pick even becomes a little bit more. So guys, details matter when you guys send in trades when and you know tag any of us or you put hashtag smash except just make sure you guys are giving us all those details. I think there's a scenario among where next year it's it was tough to sell Kadarius Tony for a 23 second going in. Now next year there there is a scenario where that 23 second is potentially worth more than either of these guys, you know, and there's also a scenario where one of these guys booms. If one of them does, who's that guy for you? Well, I, I think it's more Tony for me because I, agree. I would compare Wandale Robinson a little bit more to Rondale Moore um, in that I think he's more of a gadget, undersized guy who really needs to be manufactured touches versus Tony, who's just kind of a, you know, just all over the field with his change of direction and just really tough to stop. My issues with Tony are more the off-field concerns with the rumors that, you know, I think they've passed now, but early in the off-season that the Giants were looking to trade him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's had some off-field incidents in college as well. So I think the risk is there with Tony, but his ceiling is sky high, like like Tyree Kill high, if, if he can stay on the field and develop into a true number one guy. But yeah, so I, I think in terms of the sky more trade, I'm definitely taking more there. I think he can project to become a, a Jarvis Landry type. And, and that's, you know, top 15 in fantasy with Patrick Mahomes under center, right. Versus um, Wandale, who is again, I think going to be more of that gadget type of guy um, in terms of Tony versus the second uh, plus Wandale, I think I'd lean Tony there. But again, in that 10-team Superflex format, if you think that, you know, that second-round pick could be pretty early, I would have no issue taking that side either. So another going from, from hype to just some disappointment here, Tim Patrick, a guy that was going to be, a, you know, a solid wide receiver three for Denver, looks like he's torn ACL and, and will be out for the season. So now I, I think we have an interesting situation. We've talked about Sutton. We've talked about Judy a lot. Now I think now we talk about KJ Hamler. Is he a guy that can then handle the slot, stretch the field on the outside? Maybe Jerry Judy goes to the outside. Could mean they, they also run even more 12 personnel. Um, you know, Albert O, is his target percentage going to go up? I've been talking a lot. So, Mung, I mean, the D- the Denver situation, without just gushing about Cortland Sutton, let's see the ramifications of what happens with a Tim Patrick injury. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. This, it feels like this is one of the first major injuries of training camp. And, you know, I was just listening to the Football Guys podcast with Cecil Lammy um, since he covers the Broncos. <clears throat> excuse me, and sees everything, you know, firsthand. He has a really good grasp of what's going on there. And he was talking about how Tim Patrick was just catching everything that Russell Wilson was throwing his way. And, you know, luckily he got paid. He was one of those guys without much draft capital, but got his payday at least last season. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this doesn't really raise Cortland Sutton's ceiling all that much. I was already pretty high on Sutton. I mean, the reports that he's, you know, best friends with Russell Wilson and the go-to target there. I think he's already, you know, a top 12 dynasty wide receiver for me. 
Um, I, I do think this raises Judy's floor a little bit in that he should see a lot more snaps in two wide receiver sets that Tim Patrick might otherwise have taken. Um, and then you mentioned KJ Hamler, who I, I do think his value bumps up a little bit. Uh, it was reported that he's already cutting well at camp and, and, you know, just as fast as he was pre-injury. So we know that Russell Wilson's good with that deep ball. And uh, I do think that Hamler could become a weekly boomer bust option as of now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, just for very, very deep dynasty league, Seth Williams, a name to keep an eye on because he does profile as that other big bodied wide receiver who could step into some of those red zone packages that maybe they wanted Tim Patrick in on. So, Overall, I think this is a, a pretty neutral move for Sutton. Uh, Judy gets a slight bump, as does Hamler. So I got a trade here that that I'm excited to send in from at Rudes KC, another guy part of the Patreon, uh, and we talk about you. You know, we keep talking about insulated trades, but that's just what I do this time of year because of injuries. You know, there there was rumor like I, I everybody goes on Twitter and they're like, please. Don't let it be an update that my guy went out. You know, Dalvin Cook left practice today, and we're all on pins and needles. We're like, no, I can't lose Dalvin Cook. This is why I've been advocating for several months to trade a guy like David Montgomery, like, you know, even Dalvin Cook for a 23 first plus a another player. You insulate your value, and guess what? Like, I've made trades this week where I've, I've done those kind of things, where I've... I. There's, there's one that's on my table right now. It's Saquon Barkley for Antonio Gibson in a 23 first. And I'm considering it because I think I can pick up another running back when I want to. If we get through this entire camp, and it's just that scary time. And it, I'm not advocating going out there and selling your studs. But I'm saying if you have a guy like Josh Jacobs or, or Montgomery or the guys in that area where you can sell and get a 23 first and something back, I advocate doing it because once you find out if you're in, if you have the depth and you get to a spot where it's like week 10, then you can use that 23 first because you know where it's at and you can use it to buy that player to get you a championship. This particular trade, uh, Rudy says he had Elijah Moore. It's a 10 team league. He traded Garrett Wilson. I'm not hearing a ton of Garrett Wilson hype, but Garrett Wilson and a mid 24 second for Jerry Judy and what projects to be a mid-24 first. And I, I think these are the kind of moves where it's so hard to buy a 23 first, but I think you can buy a 24 first. I think Judy is going to boom this year, and I think this is the type of trade where, you know, if you believe in it one player more than another, both sides may feel like they won this trade, but I always take the one where it's close enough where I'm, I'm you know, upgrading that pick side because I think it values so much more. Um, Adam, like... These are the kind of trades, I know you, I, you keep using the term, and I know you love it too, but it's like, we're in a situation where if you can take a player, insulate his value, now all of a sudden you have another 24 first to play with as as opposed to a 24 second. Yeah, especially when you have a guy like Judy who has the upside. You know, Mung just, just laid out the Denver offense very well. And, you know, even if, uh, you know, without the injury, Judy still has that upside, we've you know, we just haven't seen it due to injury and also with the QB up, you know, upgrades. So if you have the upside plus you get the insulation, it just makes it a smash for me. And that's this is a perfect example of that where you can lock in a, a first future first. You can also go for it all at the same time so that, you know, if you can get both sides of it, I'm all in. 
We got a dead even 50-50 trade right now sent in by JRC. That's at Viking Power 72. You know, super active. He's always, you know, sending things out. He said, based on my team, who he has listed below, he says, and and it's it's a pretty heavy. I mean, it, congratulations to this. Running backs, Javante Williams, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is blowing up, guys. I mean, I had an offer today. Someone offered me a third-round pick, and I just was like, no. No, it's going to take a 23 second plus because of the the amount of hype that there is around him. You know, I saw uh, Zoltan sent out, great guy, Dynasty Zoltan was on the show last week. He sent out, you know, his projections and his prediction for Stevenson was 200 carries, 950 yards, 10 touchdowns. 45 receptions, 400 yards, and two touchdowns, which that puts him in that firm RB2 area. You know, and we're going to, I'll let you guys elaborate on that when we get to break down the rest of the trade. His wide receivers are Mike Evans, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, and Mooney. So there's no real need at either ones. It's just this or that. So it's A.J. Dillon or Cortland Sutton. A.J. Dillon is, is another guy that's hype. Uh, Mung, I'm going to let you start out with this one. I think, you know, it's it's either this or that. He doesn't have a need either way. If someone comes to you today and they offer you A.J. Dillon and you have Cortland Sutton, are you taking that trade? No, it's still Sutton for me. I think the ceiling case is definitely there for A.J. Dillon. I think he's an underrated pass catcher. People kind of view him and Aaron Jones as thunder and lightning, but I think it's really more lightning and thicker lightning, if you will. Um <laughs> So I think that in a perfect world, A.J. Dillon, like Javante Williams, could be a workhorse and a top five running back. Um, I just don't know that we're ever going to get there because I do think that Green Bay wants to use somewhat of a committee. And even if both running backs are catching a lot of passes, they just kind of cannibalize each other's ceilings uh, versus, you know, I've talked about Sutton plenty on previous shows, but. I really do think his ceiling is a, a 150 target type of season with like 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And I think that Sutton has top 10, maybe even top five wide receiver upside this year. Um, so for me, it's still Sutton with that Russell Wilson quarterback upgrade. Woo, that's some high praise there. I know you love him. That's why I had to go with you first. Uh, Adam, This you, you got to look at the situation here and he doesn't need either of them. So... Is it A.J. Dillon or is it Cortland Sutton for you? Yeah, I get the argument. I think, by the way, I'll just say the value is super close. So it just comes down to situation. And then also, you know, you know, the activity of your league is another one. Right. So, right. You got to know. I mean, Matt, one of our guys that's in our Patreon, um, Mcron 91 he's like, dude, I can't buy running backs in my league. Like, you have to know your league like that. That's a great point, because some leagues. It's you can buy Cortland Sutton a lot easier than you can buy AJ Dillon, and sometimes people just go crazy for those running backs. So that was a great point. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I, the, the, for me, I mean, I totally get the upside of Sutton, and for me, it's close. But I lean toward Dillon, and that's purely based off of positional scarcity for me. When you're talking about the potential touchdown upside, now I totally agree uh, with Mung's assessment of Sutton's upside versus Dillon's upside. But if you're talking about touchdown upside along with injury risk, of course, there's higher injury risk for Aaron Jones, even though and we've talked about Aaron Jones, how much I love him this year. But you're talking about, you know, two years younger in a position that is much more scarce. So that's my only tiebreaker for me. But I think overall, it's a good fair trade. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I look at is you don't need either of them. You know, that that's that's the first thing I look at. 
And personally, I would not roll Sutton out over Higgins, A.J. Brown, or Mike Evans. You also got to look, is it a start two wide receiver like, like Smash Accept, or is it start three? If it starts three, then it's a little bit different, right? You know, you got, you got to look look at your leagues. You got to give them those details. I'm taking Dylan just for the the upside of of the what if because you have some question marks there. I mean, Javante Williams and Brees Hall, I think, are going to smash. I love ETN. Jacobs is is fairly consistent, but the wide receivers you have in that room with Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, AJ Brown, and Mooney that that is a nice floor and ceiling mix there. So interesting trade, love it. Um, I have. And let's stick on Stevenson because right now Stevenson's hot, right? And I've seen, believe it or not, guys, I have seen people pay a 23 first for Rashad Stevenson or Ramondre Stevenson. Do not do that. You know, like that's that's like the ceiling play here. I think he could fall into a nice RB2 range, but I'm seeing people just abandoning ship on Damian Harris now. And I think Damian Harris is still going to be that red zone guy. He had double digit touchdowns last year. Stevenson looks like he's going to be, you know, pass catching role there. I think if, if Harris goes down, Stevenson's ceiling is much higher. Uh, but I think we're still, we're still in new England, right? I mean, Adam, there's no scenario here where it's like Belichick's like this guy gets the keys to the truck and everybody else sits by. No, I mean, how many years and how many running backs have we gone through in that backfield where, you know, week to week, we don't know who's going to be the primary back based off because they're a chameleon offense, right? So they try to work. Now, it's different, of course, with Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones. And But I think overall, you know, people I think people think that Damian Harris has been in the league for, you know, five years. I mean, he's 25 years old. Right, I mean, there's yeah, he's so many some... guys in New England. They just fit the same mold. Where you think they're the same person? Is it exactly. Corey Dillon? Is that who? No, <laughs> exactly. So you know, I I, I love Stevenson. I, I definitely jumped on that train late, so I don't have a ton of shares. But I do think that you know, don't give up on Harris. He's still the starter of what is going to be a high volume on the running game. Uh, you know, so you know, but you know, grabbing Stevenson. But if you can get a twenty, you know, even. I would even consider a, a second, right? Depending on team and also, you know, league settings. But overall, don't give on Harris. You know, twenty five still going to get a good good amount of the rock. I, I kind of picture it as a sixty forty for me within mm-hmm. that backfield with some others sprinkled in, right? But so I think that's where is kind of propping up Stevenson. I think the market's realizing that. Mm-hmm. But I think the hate on Harris is going a little far. So here's where I'm at. I would sell Damian Harris for any 23 second and a little bit on top. I would buy I would buy Ramondre Stevenson for any any 23 second that isn't like top three. That's where I'm at right now based off of buying for the upside. Mung, how do you have this split up? You know, I know you dig a lot deeper into what's going to happen this year and a lot more over there at Fantrax. What kind of split do you see happening this year? Yeah, I mean, talking about ranges of outcomes, the hardest one of the hardest ones is the new England backfield, right? Because we simply never know. And I think the day that we got that blurb that Stevenson was taking reps with the first team offense, I, in the two or three leagues that I snagged in late last year, I I sent out offers to every single team for their 2023 first. um, And I got rejected for all of them. So I think it really depends on the league because I'm not getting that kind of value for him. Um, but yeah, I, I am content to hold because like you said, he's another one of those players where, you know, I wouldn't buy for a first, but I'm also hesitant to sell for a second because of that wide range of outcomes, because mm-hmm. 
it wouldn't shock me if Stevenson had more total touches than Damian Harris this year. But at the same time, I think this time of year, and, and I'm guilty of it as well, um, I think best ball thought process kind of comes into play because we a lot of us have been doing a lot of best ball drafts. Um, but it's going to be really, really annoying to know which week is a Stevenson week versus which week Damian Harris punches in two touchdowns mm-hmm. and Stevenson has like three catches for 30 yards, right? Yeah. It's just, it's going to be frustrating because I think a little bit, you know, like Green Bay in terms of A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, where game script is going to come into play. And also there, you know, there are a little bit, or I would say there has been a little bit of a downgrade for the Patriots offensive line from 2021 to this season. So again, I I think Stevenson is a very good player. I just don't think that he's going to be a bell cow back um, in the New England backfield because we just haven't seen that for a decade. Uh, Yeah. And the the thing with me is like, we talk about this a lot. We talk about guys that they're not worth a first, right? But they're worth more than a second. This is where in Dynasty, you got to be creative. And I know you guys do a lot of trades and I try to be cutting edge when it comes to being like creative with that. So Somebody offers me a 23 second for Stevenson. I want a 23 second plus a, you know, Khalil Herbert type, like guy that could really pan out as a handcuff. They don't want to do that. Then I, then I kick it back to, yo, let's not do 23 seconds. Let's do a 24 first and I'll throw you my 24 third, you know, and you start to try to get creative and you try to try to make some moves because I mean, right now, Adam, there, there's so many players. We talk about it every week where it's like, that guy's worth more than a 23 second, but not a 23 first. And in this year, no one pays a 23 first unless you're going to get, you know, a rental of a Derrick Henry or you're going to get a Jalen Waddle wide receiver. You know, like no one's just openly giving them out for that deal we used to do that I, I've always coined and loved where it's like, hey, I'll give you Ramon J. Stevenson in my second for your 23 first. Like no one's doing those 23 first deals like they used to in the past. So we have to get creative. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the this is the time of year because people are getting excited for the season, right? So people are going to increasingly uh, value points, but the 23 first is is close enough where you'd have to really pay up to get it still. So I think the the 24 first and this is how I acquired in a lot of my leagues where I have a lot of 23 first now, the preseason the following year, you know, the two year out first is going to be your best in the market value uh, from a buy side and the sell side, in my opinion. So to your point, 24 first, it's going to be also a great class and you're going to be able to get guys that, hey, that's, you know, that's two years away. I want the points now, so I'm not going to squeeze out value where you can squeeze that value and get that appreciation. So, yeah, I definitely think that if you can, you know, if, if the value is two seconds, you can't get it. A 24 first is, in my opinion, just equally value. Uh, and you can get that upside in that class. You just be patient for that return. And this is where I try to target this time of year. I try to target the guy who has 27-year-old running backs. And, you know, his his entire wide receiver core is is – DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans and you know he's got an older like dude I got to do this right now and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll offer and I I I do like Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett and I know I'm using them as examples but a, a situation where I will take a guy like that a guy like Tyler Lockett whose value is going to drop after this year because of his age and has already been dropping and I'll just be like yo dude I'll tell you what I'll give you my second or my third 
Tyler Lockett, who's going to be a nice, solid wide receiver two for you this year for your 24 first. And he's looking at like, well, I'm going to win this year. This is going to be awesome. But sometimes those teams take a sharp decline in two years from now. You know, like those guys are all considerably older. And I've had it in a situation where that guy starts a rebuild and all of a sudden that 24 first that looked late, now all of a sudden that's the 103, you know, and you just absolutely cashed out and won that trade. I, we're getting a little bit short on time, and there's one guy he sent in a trade recently. Uh, that's Trev. His name's Trev at Toast underscore Nose. I like that. K-N-O-W-S, Toast Nose. So we got the other camp news. Debo Samuel signed, right? So Debo is under contract. You have to love that for Trey Lance. You have to love that for San Francisco. We have Debo Samuel or Amari Cooper, a late 23 first. An early 23 second, likely 201, he said. A 23 second mid to late in a 14 teamer. Okay, so it's 14 team installation of you're getting Amari. A late first, which he says is a 113, 114. The 201 and a 23 second mid to late. I'm going to start with you on this one, Mung. I know you love Debo and, and also like Amari Cooper, so this is an interesting trade. Twitter has it has an absolute smash except on the one side. Yeah, I'll be curious to see which side that is because right, like it, it, it just doesn't um, feel like a, an absolute smash when you break it down. Well, I, it'll be interesting because my guess is that people love the Debo side, um, whereas I lean the package, uh, especially in a deeper fourteen-team league, because uh, being able to kind of break up one high-end asset into a bunch of mid-level assets is much more important in deeper formats like that, in my opinion. Um, and then two, I, I think Debo's going to be fine. I, I think he's going to be great. But I, I do think overall target volume is going to come down a little bit with Trey Lance running more. And I do think that targets are going to be split up a little bit more um, to Ayuk and Kittle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I don't see that elite, elite ceiling for Debo. I think he can still be a fine top 12 wide receiver this year. I just don't know that he's going to be the kind of difference maker he was last season. And also with Watson only being suspended six games as of right now, I think that Amari Cooper has top 15-ish upside for the back half of the season as well in Cleveland. So to me, I much prefer getting Cooper plus the 2023 first, even in a 14 team league that's still worth a lot and then even again in a deeper 14 team league that's pick 16 if it's 201 um or pick 15 uh i I would definitely take that side now we're all in smash one that's the unicorn of it all it got it started it's 14 team the rest of them are all 12s smash seven i know i know guys like everyone's like dad we need another one it will be the last one of this off season we will be doing Smash 7. It's already halfway full. I put it in the Patreon chat. That's always the first way to get into these leagues. But if you guys hear this and you're interested, hit me up. I'll definitely see if I can get you added in there. All the bells and whistles. But Adam, 14 team is a different beast. It really is when it comes to depth, as in Mung was talking about. For me, and you and I have talked about it, we're trying to you know rebuild I hate second round picks and 14 teamers, man. Like, I think, you know, you look at that and in my head, I'm like, oh, 201. All right, that's 13. Oh, in a late 23 second, okay, somewhere in the 20s. All of a sudden you add it up. Now it's 28 instead of 24 if that's the last pick there. And, you know, this year's class, that 14th pick wouldn't have been all that exciting. 
next year. It, it should be a little bit more. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this trade and then philosophically, I mean, I think it's just different. I mean, you have to, you have to build that depth, but then it's like those second round picks don't feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, you know, I, I agree. I think that from a pure value perspective, it's the package side uh, for the reasons Mung mentioned and you mentioned which the depth pieces. So I totally agree with that. You're going to keep from, Debo, aren't you? I, I'm probably going to keep Debo. I, I was keep too. Debo. But it's and, 72 to 28 on Twitter. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, I think the reason for me is is the Cooper. I don't think I'm looking at what the market is for him. Plus, to your point, I don't mind you know the late 23 first, and then you get the seconds. I I think for me either you know getting a, a more younger wide receiver with upside, you know like a Kadarius Tony is a good example. Somewhere someone in that ballpark where you have that upside, uh, and or if you can work in it, if you can get a, the late 23 first and instead get a 24 first, then I'm a smash on the on the package side. Um, but I get it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I have a Debo share in a, in a, in a one-year punt that I'm trying to sell, um, just because of, you know, the, the, the build and I'm trying to kind of build it out and it's similar type of situation where I want depth with upside. So I get both sides, uh, but I kind of, I lean toward the Samuel just because of kind of what you mentioned. And then also the Cooper, I don't, I don't think the market for Cooper is big enough where I think I can flip them, but again, know your league. So the, I love this on Twitter. I love this re- interaction. So Trev puts the poll out. Then Waffles, that's at Ryan Franco. He goes, you better be right because I just punted my entire season. So he thinks, you know, he's clearly the the Amari Cooper side. He's moving his assets. Trev is the guy who's going in for Debo. And, you know, like there's a lot of people that really have some Debo love, you know, and that really have him high. I, I think it's a fun trade. I think it should be a lot closer to 60, 40, maybe even 50, you know, 50 something, 50 something because, or 50 something, 40 something. I'm not good at math, but I don't, I think 70, 20 is just some like looking at the assets and not realizing because most people don't play in a 14 teamer. You know, your, your standard run of the mill dynasty owner does not start out unless they have a glutton for pain to start out in a 14 or 16 team. If you haven't, try them out. It's definitely a different thing. But, you know, I, I like Cooper for the back half of the season with, uh, you know, with Deshaun Watson. I think right now is a time where I have purchased Jacoby Brissett for late 23 thirds just as a fill-in for that time. You know, and I think he's going to put up serviceable type numbers where I feel like if I only have two quarterbacks, or if I'm in a weird situation where Deshaun Watson is my QB2 and I don't have a QB3, I'm okay kicking a third out there for Jacoby Brissett because he is a, a career backup, but he's been a guy that has has stepped in and put up some numbers in the past, Mung. Uh, you know, I, I'm just throwing that out there for just someone that you could buy on the cheap, someone that's in that super flex range where it could be some nice cheap production for a couple weeks instead of starting a flyer wide receiver four or five. Sorry, give me that one more time. Deshaun, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett for a third. I'm just like, I'm okay buying him in this situation. You know, some people are asking for seconds. I would give a third and maybe a really small toss in. But he, he's going to put up points for you in a super flex format, especially if it's six-point passing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're, if you're contending, I hate third. you just need that. I hate third-round picks. You know that. I don't pick them ever. You know, I just like. Yeah, if you just need that. You know, production to get you through the first six weeks, that's fine. But I wouldn't expect a whole lot from Brissett. I'd rather take a shot on, oh, man, Sam Darnold, I guess. 
I just I don't think that Brissett's been particularly productive in fantasy when even when he has started. And I think that the Browns plan when Watson's out those first few weeks is to just run, run, run with Chubb and Hunt and whoever else. So personally I, I, I understand it. I just I'm not very excited about the deal. Hey, three starts last year, and if it's six point passing with points per carry, you're 22, 19, and 18. You know what I mean? Those are those are points that are going to be tough for a you know wide receiver four or five to throw in there. But I get it. I get it. Uh, we, we went long on this one, guys. I mean, I'm excited. We were like, yo, hey, this is going to be, we're all grinding here. Just like you guys listening right now, it's probably been a long week for you. It's August, right? It's always long, hot days and everything like that. Uh, but guys, this was fun. You know, like I honestly love this this time i love chopping it up with you guys i love talking in the patreon it's just about talking football all the time trying to throw you guys some some nuggets of wisdom to make your teams better love the support that you guys have been giving us adam let me know anything that you're working on where they can find you and guys if you do listen to the podcast adam is criminally under underfollowed. shoot him a follow you know like even if even if there's not a ton of twitter activity if you hit him up he's going to give you great advice yeah, thanks, Dad. Uh, Twitter, I'm uh, R underscore Adam Armour. That's A-R-M-O-U-R. And, uh, you know, I just do this for fun, right? So we're, that's what we're all here for. So let's have some fun together. Enjoy the Patreon. Uh, it's growing, and we're even talking about how to, to have the capacity. It's growing so fa- fast, right, Dad? So, yeah, join the Patreon. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit Mung up. Hit Dad. Hit, uh, hit everybody up here at John, even though he's traveling right now. And uh, looking forward to the next pod and the next conversation. And obviously, you know, Mung, you have a lot more followers, but you still should have a, a, a ton more than you do. I appreciate the grind. You know, you're always out there doing it. What's, what, what are you working on right now? Yeah, I mean, I've got uh, a lot of articles coming out on fan tracks. I've got updated redraft rankings that just came out today. Updated dynasty rankings are coming soon. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter and on TikTok now at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Dude, that's and, all. Uh, he, one he's doing TikTok dances. <laughs> I was gonna say one last piece of advice. Uh, this time of year, before you accept any trade, I would quickly, quickly do a search just to make Ooh, sure yeah. you're not missing anything on some players. And I'm obviously have too many followers on Twitter that I don't deserve. No, I love you guys. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.